0: Welcome to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center located in North Huntingdon. Dr. Susan Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To talk to Dr. Plank with your health questions, call 412-825-6262. That's 412-825-6262. And now, Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan.
1: Hello, hello, welcome to Wellness and Weight Loss Wednesday with Dr. Susan. I'm Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center in Irwin, Pennsylvania. The office number there, if you want to reach out, and I always love it when you do, 724-863-5420. Again, 724-863-5420. My specialty is Dig in deep, folks, I wanna know why what's going on? You're tired, fatigued, what's going on that you feel like the the scale is stuck you're you're gaining weight, you can't lose the weight, and especially then, how these things affect your quality of life, your intimacy, your confidence, your ability to just be proud of yourself to motivate yourself. I'm gonna go for the new job. I'm going to rock the bathing suit this be- this summer at the beach. Whatever that thing happens to be for you, the way we feel about our body tends to hold us back and we end up getting stuck emotionally and physically. And so we want to be able to move forward in getting these areas of your health under control and fixed. So we've been talking about the digestive system, and so I want to continue that today. We're going to be talking about, I sort of break it down into three areas. One is sort of the upper digestive system, and then that's dealing with acid and enzymes. And majority of the time, these get depleted. As we age, stress, stress can cause it to go up initially, but then it gets depleted. We can have injury, surgery, medication, poor diet, chronic dieting, and even our family makeup, our genetics, can affect our digestive system. And so we start off looking at the upper digestive system, which has to do with what foods you're eating, but also your body's ability to make this hydrochloric acid and these pancreatic enzymes to break down that food. As the Western diet is and we get away from more natural things and into more processed, packaged, chemical-laden, right, long shelf-life foods, this is where we see those types of foods have a greater impact and cause more symptoms in the digestive system. And so we want to make sure because the acid in the stomach is what starts the whole process of peristalsis and the movement, the movement down the whole rest of the digestive system. So, when someone calls me, approaches me about, hey, I'm really constipated, then I always want to look at is there some type of inflammation? Are they eating inflammatory foods? For them, they might have a good diet. Don't get me wrong, even natural foods. And have the potential to be inflammatory. Maybe they're deficient in hydrochloric acid in the stomach. And the other thing is we have to look at what's going on outside of the digestive system. So folks that have thyroid, low thyroid, and specifically Hashimoto's thyroiditis, tend to have very slow or sluggish transit times meaning the amount of time it takes food from when we eat it to move through our system. So we have, you know, these other conditions that affect transit times and how quickly or slowly things move through our digestive system. Now, what that makes up then is then we have our esophagus, we have our salivary glands, our stomach our pancreas, and our gallbladder. These are all what I consider the top, the upper digestive system. So we have to make sure that we chew our food well. So if someone's older, maybe has dentures, are they able to chew their food to be able to make it small enough pieces to get the nutrients out of it? You might think this is micromanagement, but it's the reality. We have to look at the day-to-day circumstances and instances, especially as we age, because this is exactly when folks aging might not feel well. Maybe they've lost a spouse or a partner. Maybe, hey, I hear it all the time, oh, it's so hard to cook for one. I, I don't like to cook anymore. My husband's not here. And so this is when it's even more important because we see folks as they age, maybe not eating the quality of food that they need, but also these other issues of stresses, surgeries, medications that have had an effect on their digestive system. One other point I want to bring up is and just recently Uh, had a client have their gallbladder removed from an emergency surgery. So when this happens, it does affect the digestive system. Sometimes it can't be avoided, but when at all possible, I would love every one of us listening, (laughs) I would love us all to leave this earth with the same organs we were born into this earth. It would be nice, wouldn't it, if we make it through life and keep all the organs we came into it with. That's sort of a general statement. But this is where diet has a profound effect. Diet and hydration on the health of the liver and the gallbladder. So if someone has a very fatty diet, eating hoagies all the time, sandwiches, a couple beers at dinner, a couple glasses of wine, pizza on Friday with the family, uh, ice cream for the comfort food, the more you rack up the fatty foods, lots of cheeses, dairy, desserts, this puts a burden on the liver and the gallbladder. The liver actually produces bile, which I want you to think of something very slimy, slippery, like motor oil or cooking oil, right? You get some on your hand and it's slick, slippery. But now what I want you to consider is take that oil, motor oil, and now we're going to put some sand in there, we're going to drop some grains of sand, handful of sand into that motor oil. It's now not so slippery anymore. It becomes pretty gritty, doesn't it? So the liver produces the bile, which is motor oil, slippery, slimy, and it's stored in the gallbladder where it's mixed with bile salts and as food is eaten the gallbladder gets triggered this is this is the brilliance the brilliance of our digestive system the brilliance of the biochemistry and anatomy of which we are created as you eat that three pieces of pizza And here it comes down the digestive system. The gallbladder has a mechanism where it is triggered because here comes the fat from the cheese and the pepperoni. Here comes the fat from the hoagie. Here comes the fat from the ice cream sundae. And that gallbladder, which should be about the size of your thumb, and it sits in front under the right ribs, that gallbladder is going to be triggered to release that bile into the digestive system to help break down those fats, those dietary fats, the pizza, the ice cream, right, the goodies. But now when we have that gallbladder, a a diet that's high in fat, meaning the person's eating a lot of fat, they're eating the pizza and the hoagies and the sandwiches and the lunch meat, and drinking a couple beers or glasses of wine, they're having these foods, alcohol and fat, over a longer period of time. Well, now that instead of being like motor oil, now it's motor oil with the sand in it. And that gallbladder has to compress to release the bile, motor oil, into the digestive system. And what happens is over time it keeps compressing and keeps compressing. And what happens it, that sludge now starts to become stones from the compression and the inflammation and the dehydration. And now that gallbladder no longer becomes efficient because it's trying to compress against gallstones and gall sludge. And the sludge and stones can actually even back up into the liver the bile should be coming down the liquid slimy bile motor oil like bile is coming down from the liver but when the gallbladder gets inflamed from overworking and too much fat in the diet and being dehydrated now whatever's produced in the gallbladder backs up into the liver and if you or someone you've ever known has had a gallbladder attack or tried to pass a gallstone It can be extremely painful. And if you're experiencing bloating and pain soon after you eat, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes max, you get really bloated, you get gassy, you get pain under your right ribs, wraps around your back, goes into your shoulder blade, maybe even gives you a headache. Maybe your bowel movements have started to float in the bowl. Maybe they start to become green or yellow, even in color. This is all signs before the emergency surgery is needed that, hey, he got trouble. And that's exactly why this person had called me, and guess what? The week before, they had, they had signed up to work with me. But they didn't even get a chance to get the labs done. They knew something was wrong, but they'd kicked the can down the road far too long. And no other healthcare care professional picked it up. So they had an emergency surgery, had their gallbladder removed. Now, you think, right, it's like, well, okay, we're just going to take that out. Appendix, oh, let's just take that out. Let's just take out these, again, organs, right? It's like, oh, you can live without it, right? We're just going to, we're a doctor. We're a surgeon. We're just going to chop out organs. Doesn't matter. You were born with them, and they have a function. We don't expect you to actually be resilient and eat well. I mean, don't expect us to tell you what to eat and how to clean up your diet, and that there are supplements that can actually help you. Right? It's well. Let's just wait for there's a problem, and then we're just going to cut out the organ. When that happens, the problem is now. That you have no instantaneous mechanism you've now removed so the gallbladder is the holding it's the it's the it's the storage unit for the bile which breaks down fats and so if you have your gallbladder removed, your liver's still gonna make bile, but your liver makes bile randomly it's gonna make some here gonna make some there it'll make more over here, make less over there. That's the whole reason we had the gallbladder, so we had a nice, consistent supply. So now you've had your gallbladder removed, and heaven forbid that still, in, still no one has helped you with your diet. No one has, has sort of counseled you on, hey, this is why you lost your gallbladder, because poor dietary choices. And now you really have to change what you're doing, because now you've lost an organ because of what you're doing to your body. And so that doesn't happen and so folks go back to eating exactly what they were eating before, three pieces of pizza, hot butt sundae, hoagies every day, right? They just keep doing what they were doing. No one makes the connection for them that you eat like this and you're going to lose an organ. And there's, a financial expense to that and there's a personal expense of that and there's a lifetime risk of other conditions because of it. But now say you're somebody that no longer has a gallbladder for whatever reason. Your body now no longer has the ability to break down fats in the diet as efficiently and as quickly as it did before because those foods, the pizza, the hoagies, the beer, everything that the liver's producing the bile to break down, which is fat and alcohol, that's being made, but again, it's willy-nilly. Who knows that your liver is going to release bile, just happens to release bile right at the time that along comes that hot fudge sundae. There's no guarantee. So now we have folks that already had some digestive issue. They end up having their gallbladder removed. They continue most of the time their same eating patterns because no one's counseled them they actually what the cause was, why they lost their gallbladder, and now that they actually have to do things differently. So now they can't break down fat. The only organ left you have now that you've removed one is the pancreas. And the pancreas is producing enzymes to sort of try to break down everything. The the pancreas is a workhorse. We got protein. We got to we got to break down protein. We we've we've got carbs. We have got to break down. We got fat. We have to we have to produce all different types of enzymes because it's not one type of enzyme that breaks all that down. So so oh we got to pump out some lipase. Oh we got to do some amylase, right? We got to stay on top of all of it talk about, you know, you're feeling overworked because the great resignation here. You you can't keep up with all the work you need to do. And now, hey, we just chopped off half the work crew. We just chopped off the gallbladder and expect the pancreas to now make up for it. Well, the pancreas couldn't, the gallbladder couldn't do what it was supposed to do, got overwhelmed. What do you think is going to happen to the pancreas? What do you think is going to happen to it? if that diet isn't changed, right? It gets depleted. The enzymes get depleted. The pancreas gets inflamed, pancreatitis. It gets damaged. You get a damaged pancreas, you got problems. You've got nothing left. You have no organ left that digests food. And if you don't digest it, by the time it makes it to the small intestine, you can't absorb it. You can't get the nutrients out of it. And so this is why any time I have somebody on, you know, acids, which you've heard me just reel against, and I'll continue for as long as I breathe probably on this radio show, acids. Somebody had their gallbladder removed, right? It's Folks, we have time. We need to figure out what's going on because you start manipulating with medications, with surgery, with, with unnatural things. You start manipulating the upper digestive system, you're going to get fatigued. You're going to get fatigued because even if you're eating the healthiest diet, how are you going to absorb the nutrients? And if you had your gallbladder removed, chances are you're not eating the healthiest diet. There's no nutrients in the food that you were eating that actually give you energy. Do you see what I'm saying? So fatigue and digestive issues and upper digestive issues really go hand in hand. They just go together. And so again, like I said the last couple of weeks is what happens in the upper digestive system affects what happens below it because now if you've thrown off the upper digestive system or you've had your gallbladder removed you haven't stopped eating even if you're still getting bloated when you eat and everything you just don't know what to do like I know I need to do something something has to change I eat and I just feel oh I feel so miserable every time I eat it's like you're afraid of food heaven forbid you go out with friends to eat out because then you're really gassy and bloated and you're in public. That can be embarrassing. So we have to break these things down. Help is available, but we have to do it in a way where we start to, can we avert? Can we avert Surgery. Can we save gallbladders and save organs before they're just going and remove them like it's replaceable? It isn't. It isn't. You've just now put all the burden on one other organ, the pancreas, and it's not built to do it. Think about it. The gallbladder is there just to digest fat and it helps the liver detoxify that's the function so if you've had your gallbladder removed you're not going to digest anything anything fat keto diet it's not going to work for you not until you get that supported detoxification taking drugs and processed foods with the chemicals and things that you can't even pronounce, you can't do it. Your body's now been compromised. What also this does is when we change the top of the digestive system, we now open ourselves up for inflammation, irritation, and infection further down. Now, most of the time, right now, we don't have a lot of folks. Sometimes I get folks that are like international travelers, right? So I'm always worried about those folks with parasites. In the United States, we still have some parasites we need to be, we need to be worried about. We just had a, a, a meat recall just this week. I think 125,000 Pounds of meat, E. coli. So these bacteria, but these parasites, now if you have a compromised upper digestive system, these bugs can get into your digestive system and these parasites, and now they set up shop. It's warm, it's dark, and everything they need is right there. The food's coming by, especially if it's a yeast, candida, I check for candida all the time. If you have itchy itchy eyes, itchy ears, if you've had a history of vaginal yeast infections, jock itch, open your mouth and you see like white strings in there, folks, that's candida. It's a yeast. You can use all the ointment you want on the outside of your body for athlete's foot. You can go to town spraying away for athlete's foot, jock itch. It's coming from inside. That yeast is inside of you, colonies and colonies of inside of you living there, thriving, because it's in the folds of your gut. And any amount of sugar coming in, Boy, that just makes yeast just partake. It's like a Saturday night in Yeastville. If you have Candida in your gut and you eat the littlest amount of sugar, that's what they love. They love to eat sugar and they like to eat other yeast. So, hey, Fred next door is getting sick, he's dying off, I'm going to go chomp down on him, right? That's what they do. And then they flourish, and then their colonies expand, and they reproduce, and it makes you more gassy and bloated. And not only are they getting to your food source first, not only are they right there, they're getting the nutrients, even if you're eating good food now, they're getting to it first. And you're left with nutrient-deprived food And their waste. Because we're not talking like a handful of yeast. Like I said, we're talking colonies. Millions of little parasites. And these colonies ebb and flow with what you're eating. They're going to make you feel, oh, so bloated. Your belly's going to, I had one woman, she said, I swear, it's like I'm pregnant. I don't know why, and she actually took a picture. She showed me when she came in. This is me this morning, showed me a picture of her abdomen. Looked perfectly fine. She showed me a picture after she had eaten breakfast. There was like an hour and a half difference between these pictures. But within 15 minutes of eating breakfast, she showed me a picture. I couldn't believe it. it honestly, it looked like she was like eight months pregnant. That's the gas production. These are the things that cause leaky gut. All of these things. The breakdown, the poor diet, the breakdown of the the acid, and the enzymes, the inability, fat malabsorption, whether you have a compromised gallbladder or compromised liver with maybe you're taking medications or a little too much happy hours. If you don't have a gallbladder, eating inflammatory foods and infection and gut infection, all these things, folks, all these things are what's causing the fatigue. And it's why it's getting worse. We have all these causes and the fatigue is getting worse because the causes haven't been identified. Nobody had to look at them. Nobody even recognized them for you. Okay, folks, thanks so much. It's been another great week. It's going to warm up out there, I promise. God bless you all. Have a great week. If you need me, give me a call. you got questions, 724-863-5420. Take care now. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, hosted by Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon. Dr. Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To make an appointment with Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center, call 724-863-5420. That's 724-863-5420. And listen again for another edition of Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon, here on KHB Radio.